Ladies and gentlemen, this stage is set. The mics are on. It's not another fight cast time. With your hosts, fighting out of the blue corner. This man is a former fighter. The voice of Brave Combat Federation and Clan Wars MMA. The great and powerful Phil Campbell. Fighting out of the red corner. This man is a former fighter. And now one of the best coaches in mixed martial arts. The one and only Andy the Icon Burrow. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome along to another edition of Not Another Fightcast with myself, Phil Campbell, my illustrious co-host, Mr. Andy Burrows. Andy, how's the form, sir? Not too bad. Uh, again, just going on from what we did last week, we had a, a brilliant chat with my brother Johnny, um, Macaco the monkey, um, had a great chat with Johnny, got some really really good feedback from that, um, also feedback on our listener questions and the fact that he managed to cook and eat a quiche during the course, that was the first time ever in podcasting history, but if you haven't had a chance please go back and uh, give that a listen, um, we also have today, and we're really really happy to have on another fantastic guest today, the one and the only former mixed martial artist and now superstar referee, Decky the Bandit Larkin. Decky, how are you? I'm not too bad, boys. Uh, thanks very much for having me on today. No uh, problem. Great, great to have you on. Obviously, anybody who's involved in martial arts on this island has probably at least seen your face somewhere along the show. You seem to be the busiest man uh, in martial arts at the minute. Is, is that by design or is that just... How does it come about that you're at essentially every show on the island? It was maybe just popular demand. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just um, just seemed to be uh, the go-to guy for go-to guy for uh, promotions at the moment. Like, um, obviously, I must do a good job. But they're always having me back. So you know, I'm glad to be keeping busy. And, and obviously, we know sort of from. I think you made your pro debut in 2007 as a competition fighter. How do you go from an illustrious career, I think you had about 18, maybe 20 odd fights as a pro, how do you go from that to then deciding you wanted to get into refereeing? Was it a conscious thing? Was it something that you always wanted to transition into or how did that come about? Um, oh, geez, going from from fighting to uh, refereeing, it was kind of, uh, you know, I have to give a big shout out to Aidy Marn, um, mm-hmm. I got into refereeing through Aidan. Um, I just started doing like wee in houses with him and stuff like that, and he was just teaching me where to, you know, things to do and stuff. And um, so it just went from that, from the love of it. I just, like, you know, as soon as I was doing that, I just loved it. I was like, oh, I just, you know, referee, it's not too bad. It's better get punched in the face. <laughs> so no, I just, uh, you know, just kept at it, kept doing them, and you know, it just got better and better. We had we'd had like a brief sort of we chat about it there just in the car park. You're coming up on your your anniversary. As, as a referee, <laughs> uh, ten, 10 years you've been involved in refereeing on the island. Ten, ten years, um, 12th of February, 10 years ago, I uh, ref my very first clan wars. What do you remember about the show? Uh, I remember being nervous as hell. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was my first big gig in a, you know, in a, in a with a massive audience, uh-huh. with a big audience. Um, but as soon as I got in there, I was fine. It was just the, you know, just before I stepped in, it was just like, ooh, the jitters. But as soon as you're in there, you just roll with it, you blank everything else out, outside, and just get on with it. It was an amazing night, so it was. Is that something you need to sort of train yourself to do, to be able to block? Because Clown Wars crowds have always been 
you know, up this kind of crowd, so there's always you know a, a, mm. a big buzz and a lot of noise going on. Is that something you were able to do naturally, block out the kind of furore around you, or was that something you had to make a conscious effort to do? Well, I think we'll be on a, a former fighter. Um, it, I think it's just moved on to, to the referee. You can, you can, you can hold. You can only hear certain things as a fighter. You can only hear your cornermen, yeah. even though the crowd, you know, the decibels in the in the crowd is massive. But you can, as a fighter, you can still hear your cornermen. That's the same as a as a as a referee. You kind of blank out the crowd, but you can still hear the cornermen. Mm. It's just it's just one of them yeah. things. It's just funny. So you you always hear what the the cornerman says. When you said there your first your first basically introduction into a bigger show coming out on the clam wars ten years ago you said you were nervous what what does that equate to being fight nerves because everybody has some sort of fight anxiety I call it anxiety rather than nerves um, but what's that is it something similar or is it completely different no I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's fighter are similar to uh, you know the fighters nerves mm-hmm. if it's more just a wee you know a belly butterflies in your yeah. belly it's not nerves as a fighter is totally different because you're you're thinking of so many things running through your head you mm-hmm. know what you're going to do and stuff like that yeah that's not i wasn't getting that whenever i was a referee i just got the the, the butterflies mm-hmm. and it was like oh jesus am i you know am i ready to do this you know yeah. kind of thing but no but the, the fighter nerves is totally different mm-hmm. so this i always find it i, I well I, I don't describe that as nerves i always describe that as anxiety yeah you know, and it's and, and that's an if you want an extrinsic force, you're more worried as a fighter of how somebody else is going to view yeah. what you're doing, rather than something that's so crippling that most people that people can't leave the dressing room. But we have met those people; we all know that they exist. Um, but you, you, you said there as well that you can blank out a loud crowd. Clan Wars, Phil rightly pointed out, is one of the loudest venues. Um, you refereed Mickey and Kalen, didn't you? Were you referee for Mickey and Kalen. Well, you, you were there in the yeah, 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 yeah. And that noise was. Oh yeah, I ref that fit. That was amazing. Yeah, fit. yeah. yeah. yeah Mickey Dora fit. Came yeah. That, that yeah. was literally like some like an out of body experience. Yeah. Um, so and do you remember the uh, Mickey and one of the Corgans, the the the, the boxing fight. Oh yeah. Oh like yeah. Yeah. In, uh, in, um, the hotel. Yes, in the Ramada. Wow. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they just stood in the middle of the cage. Uh, two, two, two teammates uh, wow. on a fundraiser. <laughs> just stood toe to toe. James Carrion. That, yeah. that place Beat went uh, yes, sir, James. Mm-hmm. That was amazing. That, that was, was amazing. That was great fun. So you can, but you can blank out. You said you, you can like be so present that you blank out all the noise around you, and you can still hear the corner men. Yeah, yeah. Interacting that's, with that's the fighter. That's just me. That's just been been focused on. <laughs> Because uh, I'm more focused on the fight, yeah, and, and, and the corners, you know, so I don't hear anything else, yeah. Because it's more, it's just probably with experience now. Mm-hmm. A lot of people might, you know, maybe different referees, maybe would hear the the, uh, you know, the crowd maybe yeah. shouting things and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But I, I don't really, it doesn't really pay attention to me, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm just trained that much on looking at the fight. Listening, what's happening? Looking at what's happening and stuff like that. So, yeah. you know, what what you say actually it, it explains a great deal to me because I don't actually think it's a real clan wars unless you've told me off at least twice. <laughs> I, was, I was about to say yeah. there's, there's an interesting dynamic between the referee and the corners. It's almost like there's almost like a wee game being played yeah. by the corners. He's doing nothing, ref. He's doing nothing. <laughs> Counting out the one, two, three shots landed. Is that something that you need to be able to be like, no, this you're not, you're not having an impact upon what I'm doing in here, and 
do you actively have to say to some corners, stop that? You know, at the, at the end of the day, you know, um, if I'm in charge, you know, that's my cage. Aye, you know yeah. what I mean? That's my cage. I don't need the cornerman telling me what to do. You know, <laughs> I'm employed to do a job. <laughs> it happens every so, show. So fuck up, Andy. Andy's more or less every show gets it. Yeah. <laughs> or Peter Duncan. Pe- yeah. Peter, Peter used Peter's to get it louder too. than me. <laughs> yeah, so you can hear Peter a wee bit louder than Andy. Mm-hmm. Andy Andy's kind of a wee bit quieter, and then he comes in and apologizes. Sorry, Dickie, about that. <laughs> nope, no problem. <laughs> Sorry, it happens every time. Sorry, so I'm worried about it. I won't do it again until the next fight <laughs> the next yeah, I think that's something but you are quite a commanding figure when you're in the cage people know not to piss around with you and genuinely whenever um, people that I'm cornering are competing and you're in the cage I think they, I feel a lot safer I feel a lot happier when you're mm-hmm. there because being a former fighter you take up much better positions as a referee because you are basically knowing what's going to take place next or can or can see a transition happening next and I think you're in a better position. I'll give you a good example of this. Carl McBlain and the cut. Do you remember? Oh with uh, the Luke Jennings fight was it? Luke Jennings? No, no, it was the one before it. Carl split his eye open. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, it was maybe fifty seconds to go. And I could see did you notice that there was a cut? But also knew the time and knew that he was going to get round and get finished. Yeah. Pl- plenty, I would say, a lot of referees would have called a stop to the fight, and you didn't. Well, you know, it's I'm, I'm not there to ruin anybody's night as such. Mm. You know, if a if a fighter's in the fight, you know, with every you know, let let him continue, let him get at least to the end of the round, yeah, and see if the cup man can if they can fix it. Mm-hmm. If not, then we bring the doctor in. We inspect it then, mm. but majority of the time, being the ex-fighter, I know exactly positions. Mm. You know, if it hits the ground, exactly where to stand. It was just me and Phil was just uh-huh. talking about earlier on. You know, it's being a being an ex-fighter. Um, we know exactly where position to stand. Mm. You know exactly where the tap's going to come from. You know exactly if he's going to reverse where he's going to roll. So you're not standing in a position that the yeah. fighter's going to, or I'm going to impact the fight, that the fighter's maybe going to roll on top of me or something like that. So you know, that's 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 good that I have the background, you know, in martial arts, and yeah. you know I'm able to know exactly what where the fight's going to end up or what where the transition's going to go mm. from that. Yeah, a bit of situ- situational awareness that maybe somebody who hasn't necessarily been in there and not to say that somebody who hasn't competed can't be a fantastic can't referee it almost gives you <clears throat> a little bit of a a little bit of a, of a, a sixth sense uh, in that regard what I've always been interested in with refereeing is it something that anyone can do can anyone decide I want to get involved in refereeing or is there steps you need to take almost like refereeing school <laughs> well there, there, there probably is steps you can do it, and it's something um, I'm trying to work on at the minute. Mm-hmm. With like a developmental program. With, yeah, yeah. With, with Aiden, me and Aiden's going to. We're trying to do something up at the minute. You know that we can. It's not a. What do you say? Uh, nothing formal as nothing yet. Nothing formal as in you get signed off or you just go ahead and uh, referee. Yeah. There's no way yeah. would I, we ever, you know. Bring somebody training for a day and send them out to referee a fight. You know, yeah. that's, that's never going to happen. You're, you're, not, you're, not, you're, not, you're not going to get a participation. It'll be more a, certificate. It'll be that. more a workshop thing that we could maybe work on. You know, for a year. 
Yeah. You know, you could run it every couple of months or something. Mm. You know, you bring the guys in. We could have, you know, a, a, a days where in a gym where guys are training and sparring. We could bring the guys and let them uh, referee a you know, guy sparring yeah. or something as such. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and judging as well. Yeah, so that's, that's something me and Eddie's going to maybe look into. Uh, That'd be a brilliant idea. And, and, if you, do, if you definitely do. do, let me know about that. It is something yeah. I, have a, I, do, I am interested in. Obviously, yeah. being a former competitor as well, you look at things and go, well, staying relevant in the sport, really, yeah. and staying in something that you enjoy doing. And also, it's a part of fighter safety, and Phil and I discuss fighter safety. Yeah. All it, the time. it gives uh, it gives guys uh, you know a better awareness of of what's happening. Yeah. You know, so say yourself, Andy, um, you know about scoring fights. Mm. You know, you could you could tell you exactly how to score the fight. Mm. You maybe see it different because you're not actually looking for things that an actual judge is looking for. Yeah. You know what I mean? And same as refereeing. Mm. You know, you can maybe you know stand in places that you're maybe not supposed to be standing mm-hmm. but I think former fighters maybe pick it up a lot quicker than yeah. somebody just coming off the street yeah because so the average well there is a, you mentioned scoring there and there is a sort judging's of judging's a hot topic at the judging's minute. a really hot topic at the minute and I think that's down to it's down to Joe Rogan ultimately again. yeah um, exactly he's such a vast reach and every time he mentioned he actually used the term that this system is broken um, and I think that's based around some Poorish decisions in the UFC. I don't think they were all that bad, but I do think that he's he's picked on a few. I don't think there's a problem with the criteria. No, no, do I? I don't think there's a problem with it. It's the application of the criteria by boxing judges. Yeah. Yes. Because especially with regards to the UFC and in the commissions therein, you've got guys that um, are boxing judges mm-hmm. that have no real experience of Look what mixed martial arts is. The James Christ fight. James Christ was on his opponent's back for four minutes of the first round. Yeah. And one of the judges scored it against Christ. Yeah, I give him the first and the second round, mm-hmm. and I give the third round a draw, and yet Christ all lost that fight. I just don't. I don't see how it could have ever. Yeah, it's could, terrible. Have, could have went that way. I don't get it. There's a hereditary ele- element as well mm. with positions like Adelaide Bird inherited that position from her husband who passed away. So there, there's only you can inherit a position as a judge on a commission mm. with having very little fucking knowledge yeah. of what's going on. So that seems insane especially when you're dealing with people's existence and also their livelihood you know yeah so as I was just saying like this this is somebody's job this mm-hmm. is you know potentially somebody's yeah life. yeah, yeah. <coughs> you know thankfully so, mixed martial arts is an incredibly safe sport and, it, and in Ireland in general it's far safer yeah. we discussed this it's far safer in Ireland than anywhere else yeah, at the moment yeah. which is fantastic but I think ju- judging in Europe I think is vastly superior to judging in the States mm-hmm. yeah and it is you're, you're involved <coughs> in that side of things there's is the the selection process for judges different in UK, Ireland, Europe than it would be to the likes of the states? Well, for for myself, with running uh, the being the head of official for Brave, and mm-hmm. um, I, I my team is quite a a select few because I know and I've worked with mm-hmm. over many years yeah. in, in martial arts, former fighters. Uh, you know, so I know exactly what these guys can do. Mm-hmm. I know exactly, you know, they're brilliant judges and mm-hmm. uh, I don't think not once have they ever ballsed up really or they've made a decision you went what the fuck yeah not you know, once has it ever happened mm-hmm. was these guys working for Brave yeah uh, they're amazing guys and I try you know it was you know I'm not in this for myself if mm-hmm. I can bring guys on from my fellow countrymen that I've worked with over the years mm-hmm. if I can bring them and you know get them a bigger stage yeah. you know, I'll, I'll do it mm-hmm. we talked about that a long time ago with Danny Kaur about how much of an untapped sort of pool of talent there is across yeah. Ireland, Northern Ireland. Mm-hmm. 
and not only, but virtually in every facet of combat sports, right down from the, the competitors to the coaches, the judging to refereeing. And I think you are part of that. Um, I think Aiden's definitely still part of that yeah. as far as the high, high standard of what is expected of a referee. Yeah. And I think that's good now that with Brave FC seeing that and, and moving somebody like you into a better, much, much better position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's a bit of recognition too because you deserve what you've done. You deserve to something out of how hard you've worked. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, um, you know, I've put a lot of time in um, and a lot of miles in the car uh, and a lot of money put into travel and doing shows. I think back a few years ago whenever the South was booming, mm. there wasn't a weekend that I hadn't a show. I had maybe a show on a Saturday and then drove back up the road a show on a Sunday. Mm. That was every weekend. Yeah. For, you know, Cork, Waterford, and, you know, mm. and we Dawn travelled with me all the time, yeah. like, and it was, you know, this was before we had Charlie, <laughs> so obviously she can't go to all shows now. But I, like Dawn's, she she loves MMA. Like, oh, Dawn's mad about MMA. Where so you, she is. You see Dawn at like every show I'm at. You see you and you see Dawn. Yeah, yeah. Does it help having a partner that's one a fan of the sport, two so su- supportive, uh, and three is actively involved as well? Because you see her doing Timekeeper as well at a lot yeah, of shows. Yeah, yeah. Does that help? that you both have that as opposed to you being away uh, for weekends throughout the year um, well it, it does help that uh, I, I always wind her up because uh, you know if a promotion uh, texts me and asks me to you know can you cover the show and stuff I went yeah, Don do timekeeper and all so I have to ask Don then to do timekeeper and, then she, <laughs> and I was like if she says I and then I say oh you work for me don't you <laughs> <laughs> so I wind her up there. She's like, oh, I don't work for you. But no, it's uh, no, it's amazing that um, Don got well involved in it. Like you know, since we, we have started, like you know, going out, going out, moving a few years now. Um, but she loves it. She loves it as much as I do. Mm. She would, she sits and watch watches shows back, and you know, and she'd watch my fights back to see you know, mm. if I think I've done something wrong, she's the first one to criticise me. Mm. You know, which yeah. which is good. Um, but I don't really like criticising myself because it's, you know, if I made a mistake, I'll, you know, I'll hold my hands up. Yeah. And, and uh, I, I actually have this. I had this conversation yesterday. I was coaching someone who was explaining about self-criticism and about how futile it is. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with it at all. Yeah. It's, uh, it's one of those things you see a lot of guys and girls do in combat sports. You go, I can do this better. I know I should have done that. I know I should have done that. It's pointless. It's absolutely. Yeah. It, it's one of those things. I'm glad somebody else sees it from the same position as I do. Yeah. That's other balls, and it doesn't do the fighter any good because you're just reinforcing a negative. Yeah. Rather than saying I can I can improve somewhere else or I did this well. Seeing yeah. the good in a fight rather than seeing the bad in a performance. Yeah. And in the social media age, you you don't need to be self-critical. No, you do not. Enough fucking people. people do <laughs> you have enough guys that will battery you yeah. online. But as I say, like we always said, the rules meet me and Eddie. Look, if if we make a decision, we call a stop to the fight or whatever. If you don't think it's right, you know, don't kick off in the cage. You know, you're yeah. you're you know you're a representative. If you're representing your gym, if you, if you have once, an issue, I the one that sticks out from it was Mickey Young on an Akuma, Akuma? show. Was it was against Eddie, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Aye, and was it you or was it Big Arn actually? I, think, I was think it was Arn. Arn lifted. I took him out of the cage. Yeah, That's yeah, the yeah, only yeah. one instance I can remember of, of a coach like really. Yeah, I remember that show. Okay, I've had it too on Rodney's mm-hmm. show in uh, the Ulster Hall. Not the Waterfront. Waterfront. The Waterfront there was Hall. Waterfront and then they did the... 
I think it was actually Paul Hughes against Ryan Thomas. Right. So it was Mickey's fighter against uh-huh. uh, Rodney's fighter. Um, Paul was holding the cage, and I told him stop holding the cage, blah blah. blah. And I warned him a couple of times, and I came to the end of the round, and you know Paul went to his corner, Mickey came in, and I went over and spoke to them, you know, between rounds, mm-hmm. and I says, look, don't hold the cage. You do it again, I'm going to deduct a point. Well, Mickey kicked off. Well, what he didn't give me, but. You know, being a professional, I just let it go, uh, stood back, let them get on with their corner, and uh, you know when the fight went on, it continued. But then Paul ended up winning the fight, so glad I didn't have to take a point off, or Mickey yeah. had been after my throat. <laughs> if anybody doesn't know, Mickey is a lovely guy as well. Like, but he just gets so he's, he's, he, he gets, gets so he gets involved. So into his he gets fight, so like. involved. And I remember I was actually speaking to him after that one of the coup, and he sort of cooled himself down a good wee bit after that. But he does get very, very so, do, so do we all. We all get passionate yeah, we about all the get, sport. Yeah, but I mean, of course. I think he lives every second that his fighters in the cage. He does. You can just tell he does. Yeah, it's amazing. Did you guys ever train together? Uh, years ago at, uh, at EFR. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, I thought yeah, he had trained with them too. You know, because obviously they're former training partners, and that obviously added into that, I think, too. Well, being probably probably been friends over the years, like, and mm. you know, it's been put here. See, after that, like, Mickey spoke away, doing it. You know, yeah, it's just, it was just, it was just the heat of the moment it's thing. Not, like, it's the know. moment, and you, if you're and not living in that moment too, as well as a coach, I think you're probably yeah. missing out an awful lot. Yeah, as I say, things things happen in the moment, like, and you know, most of the guys have come up and apologize after, mm-hmm. after like the Peter Duncan thing. When I told Peter off one time, yeah, <laughs> like, the show well. Kuma. Yeah, that's what I told Peter <laughs> off. It's now, like, now. Uh, well, Peter came up and apologised to me yeah. after, like, uh, no, it goes in one ear and out the other for me. Like, if he had not come up and apologised, I wouldn't have treated him any different. Any different, you probably you know, have forgotten about you know, it because I'm, it's a... You know, it's just, I'm just there to do my job I and I it was don't... Ma- it was Marek. It was Marek. Yeah, in the end, right? Yeah, I think that, that was the fight that, that you're talking about. That was Marek lost if I stopped with the knee, didn't he? Yeah, Something he could yeah. stop my knees. Yeah. Mm. Fucking scary man. Very <laughs> scary man. <laughs> is, it, is, it, is it difficult for... Because obviously the... the Irish martial arts community is quite small just by virtue of the fact we're on a wee island we all kind of know each other and you do develop relationships and friendships with people is it easy for you to compartmentalise that you suppose you have to as a referee to be like to take that out and and just see two fighters as opposed to maybe somebody last week you were at a show with having a yarn with for half an hour is that difficult? No well, no, it's, it's basically. Um, <laughs> I put my heart in the fridge three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, so you know, a promotion. You know, I'm working for a promotion. Yeah. I'm not working for the anybody fire. else. Yeah. You know, I maybe be a part of uh, you know a gym. Yeah. I don't care where a referee, the guys I train with. Mm-hmm. You no, know, I've refereed my own brother's fights. Mm-hmm. So I have, um, and I'll stop. We just stopped him as quick as I'd stop anybody. Yeah. As soon as I step in that cage, I have no friends. Mm-hmm. You know, I see two fighters. I can tell you that's 100% true. You know, I see two fighters. I don't take sides on who's standing in front of me. Mm-hmm. You know, you yeah. know what I mean? So, Cause I've heard I find, I find there. Daggy's a wanker and all. You've definitely no friends. <laughs> 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 Fuck, I thought you they were know, all friends. <laughs> <laughs> Fighter safety is paramount for me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't care who it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. One, th- one thing I've noticed that you do you do or, or, or maybe don't do is you don't create that distance like uh, like you are approachable you you, you know mm. you, you you will have conversations and you will have a bit of crack with people where some referees I've seen on some shows they're 
almost go out of the way to to not be approachable to the point of, of almost getting on like a bit of a dick. Yeah. Is, is, that, is that something that I think what it does with you is it builds a familiarity and builds so the fighters are safe with you, they feel comfortable with you there? Yeah, it's more about respect mm. for me. You know, if I, I show everybody respect, you know, and I, I expect, expect it back. Mm. Um, and I'll have a conversation with somebody even though I'm going to ref them in about mm. an hour's time or oh, whatever, yeah. I'll still have a conversation with them. Doesn't mean, doesn't mean you know he's telling me to stop the fight. Yeah, or you're no, you know what I mean. Differently or I don't, I don't care. Favorably, yeah. I mean, that's the thing about being a referee. You can't actually act favorably for anybody in combat sports. No, absolutely. Not. You, it's a, it, but it's a, it's an impossibility to do yeah. that. You know, you you literally can't treat anybody yeah, any different, way different. Yeah. So I think that's why it's the way the fight goes. How, yeah. how am I going to change the impact of yeah. the fight? You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Well, unless it's, unless you're on the ground or something to stand up. But, yeah. You know. But apart from that, you know, people now the crowds are so knowledgeable. People won't see that. And yeah. Go, what the know, fuck's he doing? Or holding the cage. I, yeah. And, and you won't be doing you won't be doing your mate a favour by letting him get the head punched off. No. <laughs> no. No. So I think that's that's one of the things that you know that you know you can't build that level of familiarity where you can change the outcome of a fight. You can't. The fight just exists and that's it yeah that's it mm. it's just a, whatever whatever happens in the fight happens in the fight yeah. it's not I, I don't I don't change it the no. guy taps out or he gets knocked out that's that's, that's it. it I think was it you that refereed um, it was one of the scarier knockouts that I've seen um, the referee it was Magic and who was it was it Michael Luchter in Clam Wars French guy no I, I think this guy's from here um, was it yeah um, who was in the, the Clam the gym, Wars show? the gym in Van Bridge, is yes. it? Marty, Marty Smith's show. Marty yeah. Smith's out of there. Sengoku or... S- yeah, something like that. Sengoku. I think it was you that refereed that. Mm. And that was one of the... Uh, Michael Luker? Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm convinced that's who it was. Mm. I'd been in middle... My magic might have been middleweight. He was middleweight at the time, right? Mm-hmm. Jeez, I've refereed a lot of fights. I was about to say, how many <laughs> fights do you reckon you've oh, I have no idea. No idea. Is there any that stand out? Like, really? Like, is a, as in, A, for really, really fucked up was great, or B, yeah, oh my God, occasion. get me out of uh-huh. here? Um, I tell you, the Saudi fight, uh, the main event in Saudi, Diego Gonzalez and, and the Russian guy. Holy that shit! That was fucking wild. Whoa, Diego. Gonzalez. That lately, that's the fight that stood out for me. Mm-hmm. I was like, Diego Gonzalez out. took absolutely. Uh, but he gave everything. me no chance mm-hmm. to get him out of there. You know, because yeah. even even off even off his back, he's throwing strikes off his back and. His face looked like a fucking Picasso at the end of it. Oh. His nose was the other side of but his head. But just did not give me the opportunity to get him out. Yeah. You know Probably what I mean? He, he, he he, that's another it. indication, you know, I don't take favours, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you know, take sides mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, that guy just did not give me an opportunity to, yeah. you know, get him out, help him. Mm-hmm. Um, he fought and fought and fought and fought his heart out. Third round, he had that knee. Huge knee. Huge Fine knee. knee landed square in the face. Mm-hmm. Um, Dropped him. He had a couple of shots, and I was just like, "Whoa, this is my time to get mm. beauty here." And yeah. he didn't. And he didn't argue the stoppage either. No, which, which, which is a telltale sign. But he yeah. had a, quite a few cuts on him too. But he lost a bit of blood through the nose and stuff. But, oh God, but wow, that fight was amazing. Oh, he just was, he stayed there so long. Uh huh. Like, so like lesser fighters would have. Yeah. Would have looked for an out after yeah, the, after yeah. the first <laughs> the first big shot landed on him. That was a wild fight. That's something actually that Phil just said would have looked for a way out. I always say that there's many ways to quit in a fight, and you must see that as a referee. Well, you, you know exactly. Uh, you can see it, was, you know, as a guy maybe take a shot and he turns, mm. and you know what, you can see it in their face, mm-hmm. or you know their body language, right, this, keep an eye on this guy more. You know, because you're kind of look, looking at two fighters, mm-hmm. 
but that guy takes that shot and he you can just see it in them yeah. that oh maybe he's he's just not going to stay here too much longer mm-hmm. so you'll try and focus more on that fighter you know watch his body language mm-hmm. you know what way he reacts into more shots and stuff mm-hmm. like that um, so then you know, you'll see then uh, what's coming up then you could maybe help him out and try and get him out there mm-hmm. as quick as you can so you see if any more damage you've, you've mentioned there that was a fight on, on Brave and you're now the head referee of Brave Combat Federation which, which is you know which is richly deserved how, yeah. how, did, how did that come about because I remember you messaged me <coughs> saying you were going to be in Bahrain and then one thing that stuck out for me was I was at a lift and it was me Deggy Aaron Wallace Carlos Kramer <laughs> Carlos and I was talking to Carlos later at dinner and he was like wow they're a uh, Oh, really nice guys, but uh, I can't understand a fucking word they're saying. Because <laughs> <laughs> you'd have like a five-minute conversation with Arm Wallace. And Arm's big, Clary Claire accent. And Carlos's eyes were glazed over. Just like, uh-huh. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, that's, that's typical. Um, like, us Irish boys are just having our own conversation and, uh, and a guy from a different country trying to understand us. Uh, <laughs> that's the same Carlos that one time me and Noel, Noel O'Keefe, were having a conversation. Obviously, when you're talking to somebody from home, you... you I make a conscious effort to be more pronounced when I'm over there, yeah. when I'm doing commentary, speak a wee bit slower. So me and Noel are talking away to each other, Carlos is there, and we're finished talking, and he walks by and goes, wow, Gaelic's a beautiful language. <laughs> <laughs> he said you <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, bless you, uh, so How did the, the association with Brave come about? Um, uh, um, I, got, I got a message, well, I, I don't know the Brave 20, no, Brave 13, 13 in Belfast. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so I was head of commission there for uh, Brave 13 in Belfast. I also refed it. I had my own team on it too. Uh, Glenn Irvine fought Conrad Iwanowski? Yeah. Mm. Um, you know, I, I had my own team there. Uh, you know, at 80, Johnny Shields, uh, run the whole runners, all backstage, run everything. Yep. Doctors, you know, mm. everything. Steve, uh, Steve, Stevie Moore involved? Steve Moore was there, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Akuma. Mm-hmm. Uh, President or CEO. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's, 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 he's a good lad. Steve, Steven's a good lad. Um, so I kind, of, I kind of went from that, but I don't know how it got took away from me because I was supposed to be involved in it from that. Uh-huh. Uh, but then obviously somebody else came in there and, and kind of took over, and then things fell through with them. So I, I got the message then to see if I would come on board and do the Brave event then in Bahrain. Which was, which was a huge event. That was a yeah, that was a, a, a Joel McCrown kind yeah, of big end of year show. That was massive. The the open weight tournament. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so no, yeah, well from that, I got the guys gathered up, and brought Eddie over, um, Arn, Paddy Dot, Gareth. Mm-hmm. You know, got all the boys over. Mm-hmm. You know, so these guys just stuck with me from that, and from now a head head of officials for Brave. That's class, and as as I say, richly deserved, and it goes to show, as you've said, Annie, the depth of talent Mm -hmm. we have on this island, on every facet of of mixed martial arts, from the competitors to to the officials and coaches, and so it's it's great to see. Um, Yeah, Braves, you know, Braves an amazing promotion. Like they've, you know, they've stuck by me. You know, I'm not a bitch. I don't go crying. I don't. I want this. Want that. Mm -hmm. No, I think that's probably why they like me, because. I, I say I send names of who's coming to the show, or who's coming to the event. They book the tickets. I send them to the boys. That's it. We show yeah. up. We do the show. We go home. Mm. You know, a lot of guys would maybe cry and bitch and oh, I need want me own room and blah blah. Mm. 
we don't we don't care we, we yeah. don't care if five is in the same room you know <laughs> shouldn't have said that out loud now that's when you go over there it's going to be five is in oh, the same shit. room yeah. <laughs> face don't take that on board <laughs> getting spooned by big iron walls <laughs> that'd be nice <laughs> <laughs> about 200 kilos <laughs> well sorry aren't i exaggerated but it's only 180 <laughs> but you, you you're obviously in, enjoying what you're doing at the minute one, one thing we haven't touched on is your your time as a professional fighter. Ooh. How did your if you can cast your mind back? <laughs> how did uh, how did you become involved in mixed martial arts? Starts you know first with the training. Was it something you'd you'd always done from a young age? Was it something you you found yourself falling into? How did that come about? Uh, I, I didn't start fighting until I was nineteen, mm. nineteen maybe twenty, um, and again, even more. All the answer for it. All rules back to Eden Martin. There's a lot to answer for it. There's a road that leads back to Davy Patterson there. Yeah. Well, Eden, you know, as you know, Dinner Door and, you know, Dorman's Marafelt and stuff, you know, I'd have been in there, you know, into the bar and stuff, you know, always talking to Eddie and stuff. But he trained along with Danny Dufferty in Marafelt, and I lived in Marafelt at the time. And. Danny had his garage converted into like a wee small gym, like a single car garage. Mm-hmm. And there was me and Eddie, uh, I think Mark Palmer, Danny Doc, Mickey Young would have been there too. And that was kind of one night a week. And that was that was hard. You beat the head each other. I don't mind. I don't know if you if you seen maybe Eddie had a. A pair of gloves up, a few a harbinger gloves. Harbinger. Uh-huh. <laughs> so if you've never been hit with a harbinger glove, <laughs> Har- harbinger, viper, and rogue. Yeah. Whoa! Were the, were the three gloves that <laughs> scared the shit? They somebody came in and stuck a pair of them on. Yeah. They couldn't have been four inch gloves like no. they were. Vipers were never four inch gloves. They were nasty. Yeah. Hunter was the other ones. So you imagine getting punched in the face by like Danny Dark and Eddie with them on you, like and getting. Getting your rim, limbs ripped off by Eddie, as you know, they call them snake hips, and they don't call them mm-hmm. snake hips for no reason, yeah. like you know. So, <laughs> um, so that, that's kind of where it started, and I just went from that, and I was training one night a week with Eddie and the boys up there, mm-hmm. and it just happened. Well, he was also training EFR, mm-hmm. and I said to him, I was look, any chance of getting over the EFR and training as well? Mm-hmm. He said, yeah, no problem. So I ended up going over the EFR. I think I trained over there for about a year before I had my first fight then. Now, who would have been kicking about at that time? Who would have been the guys that sort of were were doing the bulk of the training in around that time? Um, well, there was obviously Eddie, uh, Mickey Young, Greg Locker, Kevin McAlonan, uh, you know, Mickey Young, uh, Danny Doherty, Rodney Moore. Mark as well. Mark Palmer. So all the... All the OGs, really, yeah. you know. Lee Kennedy probably still there as well. Yeah, yeah. Big, Liam, big, Liam big, Shannon. Uh, Ronan kicking about it, then. Ronan would have been there, yeah. Um, you know, Liam Shannon, Paul Murray, mm. you know, all the, the boys in Belfast, yeah. all Peter, down. Peter Wilson, see about it. Peter, thing? Peter, Peter was there. Tough wee fucker. Wow. <laughs> but have you if seen him recently? <clears throat> the last time I saw him was at the North Island Fitness Expo about two years ago. Fucking yeah. big bohemian, beautiful-looking bastard now. Long hair, beautiful beard, plays the piano. Really? He plays the piano now, like. Hardly. I swear Peter, to God. Peter went for one extreme to an hour. He's just, he's a, he's a proper renaissance man, like. It's mad. A cauliflower ear piano playing long hair. Little authority, <laughs> they, they could kick your balls in. I, I hope he does a recital somewhere, you know, with a tux with the cauliflower ears and a big mohawk or something. <laughs> but again, if you, look, if you look back to that, 
You know, them boys Killers. that I was trained with. Killers, man. Greg Lochran, I said virtually in every podcast, he is simply the most talented guy ever to come out of this mm-hmm. country. I don't yeah. give a shit. Yeah. You take your Conor McGregor's, you can yeah. whoever else. You should have done Alvarez, he dropped Alvarez and Patty got caught in a guillotine Like He nearly, quite literally, single-handedly mm-hmm. folded an organisation yeah. before it even fucking started. Before it even got yeah. off the ground. Eddie Alvarez was meant to, was going to be yeah. a big kid that they yeah. built everything yeah. around, and he went and fucking dropped him. Yeah. Yeah. People don't forget, or people don't really realise how big Greg was too, yeah. for that weight. He was one of the first guys who really stood Super rangy too, wasn't he? As a tall, strong guy at 70 kilos. Yeah, I knew all about it, getting punched in the face with him. His body shots as well. Yeah, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. He's such a did you, he didn't, he did, I don't think he realised how hard he was hitting you. He was maybe going 50%, mm-hmm. but it felt like 100%. He actually put a know? picture up on Instagram yesterday of him after the Chris Stringer fight. <laughs> that was a great fight. That was in... That was in Nelson Hall, Ulster I think Hall. it was. Cage Contender or something like that. Or, yeah. Um, that was a fantastic fight. That was unbelievable too. No, was that, that was in Dublin. Was it Dublin? Wasn't it? The basketball arena. Might have been. Greg and, and oh, Stringer. Think was Dublin. Right, yeah. I think that was Dublin. Two that great was the fighters. title. Cage contender yeah, it was title. Cage ten, ten yeah, title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it was Greg's last fight. That was in Dublin. Mm-hmm. That was a fantastic so it was, fight. Oh, amazing fight. Mm-hmm. So you're... You're you're bound to be get even even if you're the punching bag for them boys, you're bound to be getting better. Get, it's oh yeah, high. oh yeah, hundred percent. You couldn't not improve. Yeah. So you had your what was your first fight? Oh Jesus, first fight was in uh, in the Elk, back on UFR or something mm-hmm. or one of them. <laughs> she was back. Mm-hmm. Well, that was like one or two UFR one or two like, and yeah. that was like poof. Sign the ring. Aye. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, yeah. I fought Leo Kennedy from Putnam. I think he had about ten fights, and it was my first fight. Mm. Uh, guillotined him in the first round. And what was it? The, the, I always like to hear from people their thoughts and feelings of, of their first fight. If you can remember oh, it, the, the lead up to it, the during the fight, and then when it's all said and done. Well, I hadn't a clue. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, people people think, oh, it's in the year. You know, I, I know how to fight. Mm. Just fucking literally don't. No. You're you just don't. you're just in the game long enough to yeah. realize you know fuck all yeah. and you realise how dangerous this can possibly be I didn't even warm up swear <laughs> <laughs> to god I know I used to wear a, a chain a go, a, like a gold chain whenever I was, you know and I was in the ring and everything with a gold chain still on me so, oh. you know, so that goes to show like, how, much I di- how much I didn't know yeah you, you remember when you did your corner Eddie Marn <laughs> I was actually walking down to the fight and I had no corner man and Eddie just come walking back and I was, or walking past me and I was just will you do my corner he's like aye come on and Eddie walked me down and done my corner but I was trying to I remember it so well I was trying to whip on a guillotine standing mm-hmm. and I was, that was never happening <laughs> and I was here Eddie pull guard pull guard you have the guillotine secure and I just made jumping guard pull guard and put, pulled him to the ground and just got the tap down with the guillotine over the moon after? Oh yeah, <laughs> you know rightly. With the wee tight shorts on, that was that was, never was, the wee, was a wee bad boy job, oh, was it? No, uh, oh jeez, what were they? Fair text or something maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair text or something maybe. White ones, I made them so well. I think I may still have them. <laughs> so do. But I'd never wear them again. <laughs> so I kept them for. Your your competition career. What are the, some of the highlights for you? <sighs> I have a lot of highs and a lot of lows. You know, I, I travelled. You know, I fought in Finland, Switzerland. I, mean, I remember you fighting in the yeah. Finland, yeah. yeah what was it show you fought on in Finland? Was it Lion? No, that was uh, Switzerland. Oh, Switzerland, Lion, sorry. Lion, Lion mm. FC or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, Finland was Corella, Corella oh. fight. Mm. 
and I actually spoke to Eddie before that. Mm. And he fought Reza Madada. Uh-huh. I'm not sure who he did, but that was I travelled to Helsinki. Mm. So the flight was four hours or something to Helsinki, and then it was a four-hour drive then from from there to to the venue to Corella fight mm. to the place where the show was. So we travelled down the road, me and Ryan Boyd. Uh, you know what Ryan's like, lorry driving country country boy. Uh, he's, trying to, nothing. <laughs> he's trying to talk to this Finnish dude <laughs> cruising down the road. I got that bike there, boy. How is she some job? Well, holy fuck. Me supposed to be fighting, cutting weight, and I'm lying pissing my balls off in the back. <laughs> and Ryan talking to us, the guy just looking at him. Oh, and uh, it was like a Dodge, Dodge Charger or something. Like, that. like a real pure biker guy's mm-hmm. like in... But that was amazing, like so. Finland's a strange place. We talked about this. It was Germany. really. Yeah. It's yeah. A, it's a, I liked it. But, but a lovely place, place, like yeah, it's very beautiful place. Yeah. But it, but it all wooden houses and stuff up like in stilts. And, yeah. The houses up in stilts to keep them off the snow and people yeah, pulling. Yeah, like, Fast place. One of the things I remembered was we were um, we were, the place that Johnny fought was a place called Turco, and you flew into Helsinki again. It was another hour and a half or two hours drive to Turco. And we were going along. It's a bit like a residential area, as you said. The houses are up in stilts and they're made of wood. And this guy was just pulling his child along on a sleigh, but he was using skis. And the kid was like 10 metres behind him. You know, and he just pulled him <laughs> along. And there's this wee weird time. was like, what the fuck? Where are we? This is like the weirdest thing in the world. Yeah. And I don't know whenever you were there, if it snowed or not. No, there was no snow, but it was, it was pretty cold. Like, yeah. there, there was no snow. It like. was fucking golf freezing when yeah. we were there. And obviously being a guy from Northern Ireland or Ireland, um, you see snow. You make snowballs. We had a snowball fight in Kyrgyzstan. <laughs> the show we were doing. The show, right. the show we were doing in Kyrgyzstan. Yeah. Obviously, the weather was fucking. That was cold. Cold was, out there. It was. I remember getting up. We got off the plane. Oh, brilliant! Snow. Like a dickhead, I make a snowball. Throw it at Johnny. Obviously, clunk Johnny in the side of the head with the snowball. He goes off the fucking chart. You wee fucking bastard! Fuck you, dickhead! And I'm like, it's a fucking snowball. What I didn't know was that they gritted the roads with coal. Oh, <laughs> so there was like this, like 50p sized chunk of coal that just bounded off the back of Monkey's head. He like, I'll kick your fucking. I'm like, whoa, what's a snowball? Well, we, we had a great time. We had a, a snowball fight outside the venue in Kyrgyzstan. Yeah, about 30 of us. Fighters, some of the toughest fuckers you'll see in your life are on the boat <laughs> making snowballs. Brilliant. I'm making snowballs, and there's a bunch of guys standing inside. Like the, the bloody soldiers. So I'm winging snowballs in there, like thinking, oh, this is great, crack. And then one of the guys because I was like, uh, Phil, that's full of policemen. All right, fuck, sorry. <laughs> so that's right. <laughs> what, what, that was funny. I actually have a video on my phone. I was sending my girlfriend a video of like playing out in the snow. Mm-hmm. Next thing, get slapped in the back of the head with a snowball. <laughs> Dicky Larkin just standing behind me. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> oh, uh, but then, like, like, it's not just. You're talking about some of the experiences you have through martial arts. Mm. If not for being involved in mixed martial arts, either as a fighter or as an official, <coughs> you wouldn't have some of these amazing life experiences. You would never have that. No, you so, wouldn't. Yeah, we, we, no. I think we all owe quite a bit to, to martial arts yeah. and, what, and what it's done for us. And I think it, there is a, a tendency for people to get a bit pissed off and think, you know, I haven't got anything out of it. You know, what, what, what am I supposed to get out of it? Really, you've got life experience, you've yeah. got travel. Things yeah. like, we discussed that last week with Johnny. Yeah. There's places that we went to, like fucking dickhead like me he's never going to end up in Recife in Brazil but yeah. we did mm-hmm. never going to end up in Finland or Hong Kong or yeah. all those places that we've ended up in and it has been 
it is a fabulous journey. It's not over. Like the journey's definitely not over. Yeah, definitely not, not like for, for hopefully, hopefully not for, for, for not for a while. Like, yeah, yeah, so, uh, um, but it, those things are great. So you fought and out there. Um, tell us more fighting experiences. Uh, well, well, obviously Finland, and then I'd fought in Switzerland too. Uh, I took that fight in short notice, and actually a weight class above what well, normally if I usually fought at uh, 70 at lightweight. Mm-hmm. And but I took the fight then in Switzerland at at welterweight. Mm-hmm. So I thought, oh, be no biggie, it's just my walk around weight, so I'll yeah. not have to cut any weight or blah blah. So got <coughs> got over there anyway, and uh, went to the weigh-ins. Uh, Rodney was with me. Checked my weight in the scales of a 77.4 or something, mm-hmm. so bang on. Um, so it came to weigh in time, everybody to weigh in in order then from fight mm-hmm. one up. So I was rightly up the card and uh, fought a local guy from, what was it, Nutsital? Nutsital, I was fighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I fought a local guy and came by, I didn't have a clue who he was, what he looked like. Well, didn't this guy come up to the scales? And I was like, holy fuck. <laughs> what the hell have I done? <laughs> and that's the first time I've ever scared in a fight. Yeah. And, you know, and I think, I think I may be told, you know, well, I tried tried not to show it to him because mm. as soon as the both his weighed in, he, he stood in front of me and I kind of got into him. Mm-hmm. And then he just kind of puffed himself up and stood up and I was like, mm. Right, kind of backfire too. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- actually, a Davy Patterson story. That Davy Patterson and I fought in the first ever uh, cage wars, mm-hmm. which was in Portsmouth. Going back, I think we thought it was like two thousand, maybe um, two thousand and one, uh, and we were all sitting around in the hotel lobby. We talked about Sky Sports last week. We're coming down, sitting around the hotel lobby, and we were all able to kind of work out who you're fighting uh-huh. on the, the names size. of the card. So that was all right, and I was able to say, oh, Davy's guy isn't here. I know the guy Davy's fighting, but he's not here. And there was the, this long African name of the guy I was fighting. I was like, don't really see anybody apart from that enormous guy there. <laughs> can't be him. Davy goes, don't worry, it's not him. I was like, he's fucking enormous. Davy goes, it can't be him, it can't be him. So one by one, as you said, people stood up, and there was like, it's fucking him. It has to be him. And I stood up, and this guy was fucking gigantic. <laughs> I was like, I'm dead. Like, I'm absolutely dead. And it's exactly that feeling that you talked about. I tried to pretend. I'm not, I'm not slightly scared. I think I pissed myself. I'm not really scared at all. And this fucking monstrous guy. I remember going back, Davey and I were staying in the same hotel room. He was like, ah, fuck him, look at me, big skinny wanker. You'll beat the shit out of him. Like, yeah, yeah, I will. <laughs> no, I didn't. No, I fucking didn't. Oh. I ended up looking like a friggin' zebra, like elbow marks. Oh, jeez. Another, yeah. another funny story I have is uh, Davey up to his old tricks again. Uh, I took another fight in short notice in Scotland, Sport Fight Scotland was, and uh, James Dolan, J- James Dolan's show. Um, so we got to Glasgow, right? me, Ronan, Peter Wilson was there. Uh, Dave the Mohawk at the time? Yeah. <laughs> uh, went to Wayans <coughs> at the Grip House in Glasgow. But the, the show was in Larnock in Edinburgh nearly. Uh-huh. So anyway, got the weigh-ins, everybody weighed in, and then I had weighed in and walked down to the room and then went back up again. I said, oh, here, James, I need to weigh in in front of my opponent. And he goes, no, nah, no, nah, sorry, there's your opponent there, he's weighed in. Well, there's another, I hate calling people black guys, but this, I mean, this guy was massive. I was like, Haha, I started laughing and walked on, thinking they were joking. So 
But I went, the, the fight, David told me the fight was at 74, uh, 74 kilos, so I had cut weight and made 74 kilos and then came down to the next day uh, I ended up, I got the fight card and the fight was at 84 kilos. Oh dear God. Fucking hell. But me being me, you know. Doesn't matter. You're doesn't there matter. Fuck, I went and fought anyway. <laughs> but I ended up, I got my shoulder popped in the first 15 or 20 seconds or something and then I rolled reversed it again and popped back in again <laughs> and then I just yanked it on and popped it again <laughs> so oh. my shoulder popped twice in that fight so it did in about 20 or 30 seconds so you were you were training at EFR for a sizable amount of time and then made the move to to Rodney's IMMA what were your experiences of training there at Rodney's because that's you know Rodney's Rodney's amazing mm-hmm. just his background and, and the way he teaches things like you know his uh is second to none and all the guys in the gym they're you know you, ha- you had your crack you know you had your fun mm-hmm. but you also you also worked um, but it's a testament to Rodney too the people that came out of that gym yeah you know Phil Pot, you yeah Norman yeah Reese McKee know, at Reece the minute McKee. Oh, fire Reese is he's he is absolutely amazing unbelievable yeah. fire like yeah. you know, I think anytime we're having a conversation Reese comes up Reese comes up so yeah he kind of has to come up because he's yeah. like the He's like the hottest prospect. Well, him and I think him and Norman. I know Norman. Norman being KSW champ now. But they're but the flag bearers. They are really on the flag bearers. Yeah, for, for, for Northern Ireland. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, really, yeah. I mean, obviously, take Connor out of the equation. But really, an Irish MMA. Mm-hmm. You know, take Connor out of the equation. Those two are the ones who yeah. are top of the tree for yeah, me. You yeah. Know, this Cage Warriors card coming up in May is going to be huge. Yeah. If you you know, Reese has the opportunity mm. to become a world champion, and then I think he will hopefully. And then you know, I don't think it's out of the realms of possibility for the UFC to snatch him up for August. Yeah, I th- I think if Reese puts on a spectacular. Mm-hmm. I think there's no doubt. Absolutely no, no doubt. Way I look at that, but I actually had, I think it was Jack and Mel we were talking about this about. <coughs> I was talking about this about, and I think one of them said, you know, it's not beyond the realms of possibility that we see Reese in the UFC soon after this. I was like, well, Cage Warriors might want him to defend the belt. I know we we, we view Cage Warriors differently because a lot of the guys end up because they have such a close yeah, relationship. Yeah, they yeah. have a close relationship with UFC. But Reese McKee's a popular dude too. Yeah, you know people will want to see him fight uh, again. Yeah, Cage Warriors might want to. No, Cage Warriors might want to hold yeah. on to him. I still watch that the Hag and Foss fight. And just the, the precision, the, the precision with yeah. that jab. I know we're calling it a jab, but really that was much, much more. It was like getting hit in the face with a poker. It was just. It was <laughs> it's so sharp. And it was the time. It was the time time as well. well. Just as he was yeah. stepping in, and mm-hmm. he just fired it. Just as, as Foss was slightly off balance. Yeah. Then to throw it with that snap on it. But his, his left hand is devastating. Like I've I've had it so so many times, mm-hmm. and it's devastating. But you look at most of his finishes, all all his knockouts, it's all come from that left hand. Yeah, you, you forget how young he is. Like I remember when Reese he is twenty three. Like I remember when 23. he was twenty three. He was yeah. eighteen or something, competing on a coma as an amateur. Mm-hmm. I remember watching him fight, and even then, he, and he, he fought a bantamweight. Aye. Insane. And that's why they call him Skeletor. Yeah. <laughs> even then, you could see that there was something special. Yeah. As well. I remember him doing a turn as a referee as well. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I brought him under my wing for a, a, f- a few shows. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So he's you know, incredibly well-rounded. He knows, knows the sport. Yeah. Such an intelligent fighter for so young. Really, yeah. really talented. You know, his fight IQ's through the fucking roof. I don't know. I mean, obviously, there's no barrier, I think, training where he is to making it a bigger organisation. Not denigrating Cage Warriors, because I think they are a great organisation. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And they're doing really good things with the contender series and stuff like that, and quite helping if you want local, more inexperienced fighters forward. Yeah. But I, um, I don't think there's 
is any barrier to him being where he is as you can see Norman made it to the UFC from where he was um, but do you think somebody like Reese should travel to, to not to compete but travel to train well he wasn't uh, he was in Canada yeah. Yeah, yeah he was in TriStar for was he a couple of months three months mm-hmm. two three months the, the, the caveat to that is mm-hmm. if you go to somewhere like TriStar you're you're in the mix there you're just yeah. one of the bodies but then what he's getting in Balamina is that time with someone like Rodney yeah he's, he's, he's getting the invaluable. focus he's getting the focus uh-huh. as opposed yeah. to just being a body a training partner yeah just somebody that those guys in are going to go around yeah 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 but actually speaking of Rodney I forgot about Andy Young when we mentioned people that come out of Rodney's another yeah, one yeah Andy, Andy Young Andy and, he's, and Andy's up his own, his own gym yeah so yep, hybrid with Arnold yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So and I forgot about Andy can't, yeah, can't forget yeah. about him because um, he's another superstar yeah. another, another product of I'd like, I'd like to see Andy Rodney's back I'd like to see him back on I, ha- I think it was it was he campaigning there to try and get on Cage Warriors oh, Cage Warriors yeah he was yeah. I don't know you know as a promoter of a show I would have Andy on a show yeah I haven't so seen him in a bad fight you, you would have you'd like to have those guys from here like the biggest guys you want them on the card because mm-hmm. you obviously you want to sell it to venue yeah you know that's obviously a promoter makes his money mm-hmm. off the fighters and ticket sales so you want the biggest names you know in the area mm-hmm. to be on the card and andy's way. andy's a big name andy's, uh, but he's a desperately entertaining guy yeah. you could transplant andy from Cage Warriors, Belfast. He's, not, he's, warriors, a, he's another guy that's hard to put away as well. He just, uh, just comes walking at you forward and forward and forward. I, I, I sparred around with him when he, he came down here. Was mm-hmm. I think young, brought young Joe Beck down with Joe, him. Joe, another good wee fighter yeah, as well. I, I sparred around with him. I'm, con- I'm considerably bigger than Andy. Yeah. But just the pressure he puts on me. <laughs> he just goes walking forward. I just had a jab in the face <laughs> the whole fucking time. I couldn't see anything but yeah. a fucking jab. <laughs> but speaking of campaigning for that uh, Cage Warriors card, another person campaigning for it that richly fucking deserves it's Nolo Keefe. Totally. I would yeah. love to see Noel get on that. Again, we, we talk about the talent pool. There's somebody who maybe you don't necessarily he's consider. Worth, he's worth he class. He is outstanding. So I remember listening to him the first time in Clan Wars, and I didn't really know Noel all that well. I was like, holy shit, he's good. See, as, yeah. as, as, as really a commentator and, and as an MC, mm-hmm. I, he's, he's world class, and he doesn't get the recognition. He's, he great, he's great knowledge, too. Oh, aye. He'll, well, he'll, he'll, tell you, he'll, he'll tell you a fight that happened on... Yeah. Uh, Battle zone, like in mm. 2008 or 2009 yeah. or something like that. He's yeah. a wealth of knowledge, but he was I seen he was campa- campaigning on Instagram and yeah. Facebook for it. I think it's kind of in a weird way sad that a guy of his caliber has to do that. Yeah, yeah. So, he is so damn good. It should be somebody like Cage Warriors campaigning to have him. Yeah, that's yeah. the way I would look at that. And the, the, they should be going well. As, as I was saying, like you know, for the likes of Cage Warriors and Adikmoria, they should have. The cream of the crop of Irish, Irish yeah. officials, you know, yeah. on the card. We said that before with that. We were talking about Noel um, and the Bellator card. Yeah. And we were saying, like, why on earth, when Bellator come to Dublin, an Irish voice yeah. would be outstanding. Um, and I told the story. Bellator, do you, uh, when they do the UK events, do you have Terry Cavanaugh? Terry Cavanaugh. He's a fantastic yeah, MC as well. Good. His own right, does all the MTK, um, MTK boxing. Yes. Yeah. Um, but it was the one before they started using Terry. Mm. It was the one in Dublin with Daniel Injak. And I can't, American guy, can't remember his name. I told this, I think I told this story before mm. about him asking me three times, how do I say this guy's name? I said, Alenshek. Brilliant. Uh, What's that guy's name again? Alenshek. <laughs> Walking down, this guy's name, Alenshek. Great, no problem. Get into the cage. Dan, Al- Alina Chuck. Motherfucker. <laughs> really? 
<coughs> three times. Well, I couldn't have <coughs> for him, to be honest with you, but if it's, uh, if it's fighters and I have difficulty pronouncing their name, I get them to send me voice notes. That's a great idea. I reach, yeah. out, I reach out to every... Like the Slovenia card. Like, reading through that, there was no fucking way I was pronouncing any of those names. Uh, so yourself, single-handedly? Uh, so without, without some kind of uh, knowledge? Yeah, so <laughs> re- reached out to every fighter, got them to send me a little voice clip, and then there's <coughs> me and the broadcast team just huddled around my phone, just play, 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 writing it out phonetically. Yeah. So because what we always do is we always make sure we're saying it the same, all of us. Because even if we're saying it wrong, at, at least, least there's something new yeah. there with it. Yeah. Mm. But little things like that, I think, make a massive difference. Mm. Mm. So, Deggy, are you finished fighting? Yeah. You are finished. Well. Are you ever finished? <laughs> are you finished fighting? Well. Yeah. Well. No. You know, you always have it in the back of your head. Yeah. You know, could I do one more fight? Mm-hmm. At the minute, no, I can't. Do one two, more fight. 2016 was it the last one? Or? Was it James McInerney? Oh, there was a fight. Yeah, 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 no, yeah. it was James McInerney. I watched that fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I won. I was a oh, Kuma, sorry, yeah, that was, was Kuma, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. an excellent fight. What I remember leading up to that was that you just simply couldn't get a fight. Yeah, I was just, you know, it was just hard to get fights. Like mm-hmm. it was just because I'd I'd fought in chaos and I won the chaos title, mm-hmm. um, and then I think I'd fought in Finland and I lost I lost in Switzerland, mm-hmm. and I was like. If I lose this one, that's me done. Yeah. And that was the uh, Magdalene fight. Yeah, it was a great fight though. Very, very, what shocked me about that was the absolute speed of both you. Yeah. <laughs> James is James Holy is shit. fast. That was I a, thought that was a one round fight, but it was as much yeah. as you get packed in a one round fight. I uh, I had a game plan in rush, bang, take down, and just control and yeah. and just TKO. Mm. But James was half fast. He said, yeah. "Slippy wee bugger." <laughs> as soon as I hit the ground, bang. Arm, arm triangle, and I was like, oh fuck, how do you get out of this? And I just as I, as I tried to turn rounds, I, I kind of got on half side control, and I was just hammer fisting them and hammer fisting them. I was like, fucking let me go. But if he had let that go, he was finished. Yeah, he knew. He, I you think know, he knew himself. He knew himself. If he had to let that go, he was done. His day was over. Because um, I actually thought I was close to that. I was very close to that, and I thought he has to let that go. Because yeah. I remember you landed like it was like four in a row. Yeah, and, and as I was closed, like, and how's he putting up with it? <laughs> gonna have to let that go, and he fucking did. But he didn't. Uh, fair play to him, and you know, he forced the tap. But mm. um, but as I say, like we had to let that go. He was done, like because yeah. just with the weight, with the size difference, like because I think I was up to about seventy-eight kilos again, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Uh, that day, and I was just lying on him. And I've definitely not getting up no. from that. <laughs> but here, fair play. James yeah. is a, James is a good fighter. fighter. Great great fighter. Is he still competing? I haven't heard him. No, neither have I. I haven't heard from him I since that. I seen him on a card since, no, no, since no. we fought. Like, he so. had a couple of fights. He, com- he competed on the, the, the Bama Bellator card uh, in the Odyssey. The Dan fought on. Oh, yeah. He competed yeah. on the Bellator section of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he competed on ICFC as well. I think that's either Bolton or Manchester. Mm-hmm. But that's, he's maybe talking about a two year hiatus yeah. or so. Mm-hmm. But you're still a very young man. I think he's still maybe late ah, 20s or something. He's 26, young too, yeah. Or something he's like very that, young, right? yeah. So the, 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 all the potential in the world there, like, mm. so it'd be great. Be great to see him back. Yeah. Highlights but, of your uh, fighting career, mate. What are the highlights of the, the couple of real standout moments for you? Don't necessarily need to be. You know, a fight in in the cage or anything, but an experience that you've had through the fighting career. Yeah, you just put me on the spot now. I try and think of the back of my career. You knew for a fucking week you were doing this. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, standout moments was uh, I would say probably corner my brother. Yeah, 
Yeah. Was that on Clamwish? It was. One of them was mm-hmm. on the EFR show in the Ramble Inn. That's gone back many years. Uh-huh. The other one, my youngest brother, was in the in house in Clam in Clamwars in the IFS gym in Andrew. Mm-hmm. Um, Is that maybe the first Clamwars? Paul put up a video of this the other day. Um, it was in the gym in Antrim uh, in the Anglon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would have been up probably, that been the, probably the, very the very first climb. Yeah. yeah. She's back then. Yeah. Uh, that was my, my youngest brother. I refereed that. No, uh, no, it was bef- ah, it was just after that. It was never mm-hmm. started doing the end houses then in, in the gym then. It was after that. Niall. He fought Shane Fay. Fuck. Shane is a tough fucker. Yeah. Niall. Uh, well, busted his nose all open and stuff like that. We just couldn't get Shane away. Like, he's a <laughs> tough fucker. Like. That doesn't surprise me because yeah. that dude is incredibly tough. Mm-hmm. Very physically strong guy. Like, yeah. really physically strong guy. Mm-hmm. Tough as nails. I think Shane actually kicked up in the balls to get a bit of a rest. <laughs> and then. Uh, 27. What is this shit? Yeah, that's us back. Just, uh, folks, if you can hear the sound that we're having here, we're actually just in the gym. Um, we have a metal roof, and judging by wonderful, beautiful Irish weather, we have uh, lots and lots of hailstones and rain bouncing off it, so but again, the Ireland. Adds to the, the ambience and the the real feel of the podcast. Uh, and it also, it also proves that you and I do actually go to a gym. Aye. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Popping Ron. Yeah. How's he feel about it? <laughs> He's like, Ron's in the corner here. <laughs> Slime watching. <laughs> <coughs> so let's talk. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the future. The future seems very busy. Please. Yeah, the future. Future is bright for for me. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I hope anyway. Um, there's a, a lot of stuff coming out, like Brave. Um, Brave has announced their Brazil, um, Romania, Sweden. Yeah. Will you be at all those shows? I don't think I'm doing the Brazil. But I'm definitely doing Romania and Sweden. Yeah. Uh, um, Romania last year was a fantastic show. Uh, mm-hmm. Maziek fought John Bruin Green on that show. Yeah, John Bruin's a scary dude too. Oh, he's, he's, he's the future. Um, he's actually fighting Sam Patterson. Mm-hmm. Uh, English guy Sam Patterson on that card Sam, in Romania. Sam's an amazing fighter. The Sam last fight with Sam Keen Cowley. Yeah, yeah. Clinic against Keen yeah, Cowley. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah, he gu- guillotined uh, Keen yeah. Cowley. After standing with him yeah. happily, quite comfortably. Uh, uh, and. Yeah. and Beating them, yeah. standing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Keaton has had a rough time, like yeah. a properly rough but time. Thrown, there was no sort of developmental stage with Keaton. No. He was thrown straight to the Lions. He was thrown straight into the mix right away, fighting yeah. some of the best that, guys. I think that come from his background. You yeah. know, he, he had a big name in Thai Thai yeah. boxing. You so know, he could be, he, he he didn't have the scope to build as a fighter yeah. because he was coming in with that name. He didn't he didn't even have an amateur fight, did he? Uh, he actually won bronze at the IMAFs oh, right, in right. 2015, I think, 2015 or 2016. Oh, right, okay. I thought he was just three under the deep end yeah. and yeah. the pro, pro levels. One, um, one IMAF was, like, so maybe that's two fights or so, was yeah. the breadth of his, uh, his amateur career. Yeah. Um, uh, he, won, he won a bronze because he got injured, but had he have gone He'd been through, able to continue? He would have fought Hardeep Rai. Who he then fought uh, in Brave in a pool fight. Yeah. So it was a nice little bit of sympathy yeah, yeah. He beat that uh, with a beautiful leg kick, dropped him with a leg kick, followed up with ground and pound. Oh. But I still think Keane's got a fair bit left in the tank. Yeah. I do, but I think he's, he, he suffered a good wee bit there. Um, he's taken like that, the Krzyzewski, Magic Krzyzewski knockout. Yeah. 
Uh, that's one of the most tough knockouts to watch mm. for any fighter. I'm sure you've seen that back because that that's virtually went viral on it. It did, yeah. Uh, yeah, it did. Sean, I think he obviously had a tough time as well with the whole McGregor bollocks. Yeah, I think I think he's kind of uh, he's he's kind of what would you put it? He doesn't want to fall in. He want, doesn't want to fall into the cult of personality. He wants to be known as a fighter and not as the guy who was standing beside him. Yeah, well, I think that's what's that's what's kind of happening. Yeah, is 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 McGregor's bodyguard? Yeah. You know, that's unfair too. Cause yeah, he's a, very he's a really, artist. really, and he's a nice guy too. He always, yeah. oh, he's genu- lovely guy. Gen- genuinely, genuinely nice yeah. bloke. Like, um, anytime I'd fire him a message for doing research on that guy, he'd always get back to me quickly mm. and would always chat away to you. So, but again, it's just one of them things. He caught up in a shitty sure. situation. Caught up flipping I halfway mean, across <laughs> the Atlantic Ocean, going like, "Fuck, I'm here now." Yeah. You know what am I gonna do? Yeah. So you know, he he's, he's caught up in it. Would he need to do something like take a year away and just train exclusively on no gi grappling and wrestling? And then would that have a detrimental effect on his strength? Well, in, in fairness, it hasn't been his grappling that I've seen let him down. Mm. You know, um, and this isn't the slight on people who are involved in Thai boxing, but I mean, against Grzyzewski, it straight lines. It was a straight line movement. It was a no yeah. head movement. It was dropping your hands when you finished the combination. And those were things that I talked about in here the night of the fight and mm. said, I can see Magic beating him with this exact Shot. scenario when yeah. it happened. Um, I, I think that he really does need to maybe move and take up a more traditional boxing approach to head movement, lateral foot movement, circles, things like that where he isn't such a, an easy target. Um, he's in a great camp for grappling, he's obviously in SBGI, so you're not going to get much much better, yeah. but you're not getting better on the island of Ireland. Yeah. You know? I think that, that raises an interesting point about, you know, he's somebody coming in from a kickboxing or a Muay Thai background, you think that everything about that's transferable, but some of it will actually be to the detriment of the fighter, the likes of the movement. That's why you see guys coming and I'll just talk about in, in here IFS because you're yeah. obviously that's what I see on a daily basis see guys coming in who don't have a background in a striking mm. martial art or something and they develop their own particular uh, their own particular stance their own particular style of movement mm-hmm. that's specific to MMA Yeah. and you can see we ha- sometimes we have boxers come in sometimes we have uh, kickboxers Thai guys come in to spar and they have difficulty with the movement of an MMA fighter Yeah. Mm. so I think that speaks to people think MMA striking oh it's not going to be as good as uh, a traditional a traditional striking yeah. art but there are elements of MMA striking that baffle and confound traditional strikers yeah. Roy Jones Jr. talked about it when he fought uh, an MMA guy in boxing mm-hmm. he said he was worried about the angles that the yeah. MMA guy would come in which is strange coming from somebody like him who was known yeah. basically just to obviously keep his hands down a lot of circle steps a lot of strange angled shots a shovel hand that he was known for finishing guys with as well beautiful shot he's one of my, my favourites yeah a lot of guys make up their own kind of I don't know what you uh, you know the stance to right. tell a fight mm-hmm. you see it, I can see it a lot of times like mm-hmm. it was then I'd be thinking what the fuck's he doing Aye. what yeah. the fuck's he doing and then the next thing he's clipping guys like steady and they're like whoa yeah alright Troy Gibson <laughs> was works guy. Troy Gibson is a guy that I think of being able to do that very well yeah Keelan yeah. Logan has a Keelan another he, he has this lean in style mm. the, and then when Anytime I've called his fights or anytime I've watched him, he has this sort of lean-in style that he's always just <clears> that <throat> little bit too far away mm. when you think you can't hit him. Yeah. And then he throws up, so he's got a beautiful no-tell front head kick, mm. front leg head kick, yeah. and he would throw that up and everything, but it comes from this hands-down, mm. almost 
arrogant. Yeah. yeah. But it's not. It's it's not. It's calculated. Mm-hmm. It's to draw your opponent in so they make the mistakes. Yeah. So he did, like he that. did that very yeah. well against Mickey. Actually, he he obviously, but he wasn't trying to stand with Mickey because mm-hmm. it would have been suicide. I think obviously he, he used that as you said, a quite arrogant sort of style you think you've landed on. Yeah, him. to draw. To, to draw Mickey on, to, yeah. to, to use that, to go for takedowns, which is, you know what, that's a fight game. That's yeah, that's MMA what, for you. That's, yeah. You know, you can't yeah. argue with his... No, you can't get annoyed at somebody's game plan because it's your objective to works. stop them implementing yeah, the game you plan. you can't get annoyed, you motherfucker, how dare you do that? It's beating the shit out of me. How, 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 dare, how dare you intelligently implement a game yeah. plan, you prick. Dick. So you're going to, you're going to Romania? You, uh, you weren't in Romania last time? No, I wasn't there last time. Romania no. was class. I, I came in just after the Romania. Romania uh, was in uh, a traditional, traditional beer hall. The Brilliant. largest beer hall. Um, either in Romania or maybe even in Europe. Mm-hmm. But it's like traditional beer hall, almost like PE bench seating. Wonderful. Uh, maids running about with, uh, it's called a meet. You get 10 beers and a meter. So they're running about with like a, a meter of beer. Uh, food flying there's a band Class. playing in between fights uh, then you've got the fights in the middle the crowd were amazing so it's, yeah, it's going to yeah. be a really cool experience yeah but I'm looking forward to yeah. that like, and th- so. the funny thing about Brave is well not the funny thing probably the, the, the cool thing about Brave is you're going to these different it's not just a typical cage in the middle mm. tiered seating because we're going to these places that don't necessarily have a massive martial arts community or a massive martial arts ethos you're going to some really interesting, unique little venues. Yeah. yeah. So, like, and they have seem to be like buying into the nation that they visit, their culture. Oh, what? Which I think is a very clever move. I know we talk about Brave all the time, and I describe it as, I suppose, the world's real only global, if you believe the Arts of Globe, Johnny. Um, <laughs> martial arts organization. <laughs> He's going to kick the bollocks out of me for that. He really lost his shit over the flat earth. Um, but, and I see the Brave have done that then, obviously, with Romania. And yeah. You know, it's just, it does seem to be a fantastic organisation. Yeah, but like, Brave is, uh, as I say, Phil, like, they, they look after us, like, Aye, they do. you couldn't ask for any better, really, they, from they, a promotion. Well, they gave somebody like me an opportunity, yeah. to, like, for a, for a start. Yeah. Which is a but again, it's not undeserved. I talk about you, you talk about Decky, I mean, people who have been involved in the sport for such a long period of time and who are extremely good at your craft, just because somebody has picked up on that now, mm. you know, that could have easily been... Bellator could yeah, be, yeah, yeah. you know, PFL, UFC, it could be easily one of the larger organisations could have picked up on that as well. But Brave are a gigantic organisation, equally yeah, as yeah. beneficial and rich as any one of those. Mm. No, we're for we're for ever grateful for the opportunity we've mm. got with them. Um, so and long may it continue. Yeah. How, do, how so, do you cope with the travel? I, f- I fucking hate the travel. It's a necessary evil. I fucking hate the travel. You know, I'm not too bad because you're gone a bit longer than I am because you have a lot of work to do Aye. leading up. Mm. Uh, I come in the day before. Uh, or weighing I th- I think morning or the way I think would be worse. I think I would nearly be worse. I don't find it too bad because I'm able to work up, Aye. work right up. I'm not, so I'm not sitting about with like, oh, yeah. I'm flying a couple of days to him. So, mm. I, you know, I, I work right up, you know, my own business at home. Mm-hmm. And the boys look after it while I'm gone. Uh, so I work right up to the day before and then just fly out to me yeah. next morning. Fly, you, land you, to the venue. Can you sleep on a plane? Not normally. No, I can't Not even. normally. I can't, I, 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 I'd need a bit. Ten beer in me before even think about <laughs> before even think about having a sleep. No, no, unless unless I had a window seat, uh, like and I was stuck in between and had to sleep. 
Mm. Uh, but usually I just lie and watch films or something like that. Or yeah, I can't. You know. I can't get comfortable. <coughs> well, I I just, I'll, I'll just bank a load of podcasts. Yeah. You know, like me and Don, though, we went to Vegas. Mm. Uh, me and Don and Reese and Bex went to Vegas last year. Last year, year before. But we brought our own pillows. So, oh, so I just like our, our suitcases. Yeah. They were down the hole, and then I had a, a bag with but me and Don's know. pillows in it. So I had the window seat pillow up against Don had the pillow up against me, mm. and it was just Aye. like we slept. That flight was nine hours, like so mm. we slept most of it. Like so we I would love to be able to do that. that <coughs> just scares the piss out of me. <laughs> there's no, there's no. I just can't understand. There's no reason why to. I used to love flying. Yeah. And then all of a sudden. Did you have a traumatic experience or something like? I shit flights back from Turkey once, which literally was like. I think you get a mile high club and got it wrong. <laughs> that guy, <laughs> he was a lovely guy. And he, and he said, oh, that's lovely. That's lovely. Man's got something to show me in the toilets. Yeah. Nice of him. I wonder what that is. <laughs> no, I just I don't know why. Um, I would start, doesn't stop me from doing it. Just means that when I'm up in the air, I'm literally just like a ball of anxiety for however long I'm in it. It's yeah. boredom for me. About four yeah. hours. About four hours is my limit. After yeah. that, I start getting antsy. Oh, just South Africa, twelve. South Africa was fourteen, I think. Yeah. Really? It was, yeah. That's a lot. That's a long, long time. At, at one stretch. Aye. Yeah. 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 One go. I think Hong Kong's long, sixteen and a half. Or no, so I know you're right. It was twelve. The the Philippines was thirteen or so, I think. Oh. Mm. And that was a tighter like. Brazil will be a long flight. Aye. That will be long. It's great once you're there, but it's just oh, the actual. Right. Are getting there? And then coming home again. But it's I. This is how I like. I know that I've graduated to the next step of being an adult. I navigate an airport by myself now. Oh. If you've got a connecting flight, you see getting off and navigating a connecting flight yourself. Mm. Fuck, you feel like you're winning at life. Yeah. Getting to the right gate and everything. You need to feel like a proper adult doing Aye. that. Especially in a different country. Aye. And, and then signs are up in like whatever language you're in. And, uh, Dubai, for example, is a silent airport, so there's no announcements. How, what? It's just the boards. So yeah, so no, you follow no, the boards and uh, there's, no, there's no final call for flight so X, Y, Z or whatever. How the fuck does that work? Do you just need to be soberish and mm. be looking at the boards? Like, it's okay on the way home, but like on the on the way going, you get a wee bit anxious because you're like, "Fuck, I don't want to miss anything." Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, it's all good. North fun. Carolina or something like that. Um, Kara and I were trying to navigate an airport on our way to Florida. And we just sat down in this wee bar and met a guy from Balamina working there. Yeah. Randomly. Oh, no, I'm sorry, not Balamina, Balamina. He lived in Armoy because he was a ghost. It's like randomly. Like, really? You'll always run it, but that's what the, you'll always run into a Northern Irish Irish person somewhere. Yeah. Like our biggest export <coughs> is people. It's humans. Yeah. Right? Like you go on holiday and you'll, you'll run into somebody from fucking. Yeah. As I was just saying there that time, we were in Vegas, me and Reese and uh, Don and Bex. Who did fucking I meet walking down the street? Stringer. No way. <laughs> Till was over the streaming camp. Oh, ah, yes. And now all the boys uh, is all over. For Wheatley? Yeah. Yeah. That's who I fucking walking past. It was Chris Stringer. He looks a bit familiar. Yeah, that's who it was. Stringer walking down fucking Vegas Street. <laughs> it's right. just nuts. I felt sad. Like, you meet people from Ireland, wherever you go. And on that same trip, Kara and I were on a cruise ship and we went, stopped at one of those Caribbean islands called St. Martin. And it literally looks like a pinprick in the ocean if you look at it on the map. And uh, met this guy who's working in a bar. Um, his name is Diego. Is sort of like cool, sort of rasta guy. And he was like, "Oh, what part of Ireland are you from?" I'm like, how do you know we're from Ireland? He goes, "Oh, I had a guy working here from like Ards or something. His name is Dave." 
and there's a girl from Claire works here as well, which is off today. And we were like, really? And he goes, yeah, 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 we get lots of Irish people here. And I'm like, in this fucking pinprick in the middle of the sea? Jeepers it's just no crazy. Like rats. You're there's never more than six hours Jesus. And there was an experience too, like, wasn't it? It was close. Fucking hell. Mm-hmm. It was good. Like. How do bad it what, What's been your, 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 your best experience refereeing? So we talked about highlights there in your fighting career. As an official, what have been some of the highlights for you? Just everything, generally yeah. everything. I'm thankful to all the promotions just to be in the position I'm in, mm. to be leading, to be leading referee and uh, yeah. officiating in Ireland. Really, mm-hmm. technically, I would be probably the You're definitely most experienced. One of the Aidan and you would be the, the two yeah. go-to guys. Yeah, I don't think I've ever been at a show, and in the time that I've been involved, you know, as a fan of martial arts on the island, as a, as a mm. competitor, as a commentator, I don't think I've ever been at a show that you haven't been at. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to touch on with you was, obviously the the UFC are coming here, yeah, and uh, in, in August, is that something you you've half an eye on? Is that something? Oh, def- something you should be involved in. Something you should be involved definitely, in. Definitely, definitely. Who, who's that up to? I don't know. Who do we need to get on the phone to? Who do we need to? Now that you're on Instagram. Now that, yeah. now, now that you've joined Instagram, Dickie. Um, Welcome to twenty twenty. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, here, a hundred percent. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think I'm more more than experienced to referee. Oh, UFC. Yeah, that, yeah. you know. I know. I don't. I don't ever denigrate referees, but you're equally as good, if not better, than some of the standard of referees yeah. that we see in the UFC. Obviously, there is a very high standard with guys like Mark Goddard yeah. in the UFC. Mark's, Mark's an amazing guy, like, and he's, he, he he does a lot for the a lot for the sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he isn't. He is a fantastic referee. But there are some. Obviously, there's some mistakes that you've seen people yeah. making and, but everybody makes mistakes yeah. the other way around it but I mean I rarely see an instance where I would have given you shit where I think that you've got something wrong Yeah, you know and I think that that, that stands you in good stead that would be brilliant if you could get on that well it's just as I say like you just probably you deserve a break or you know yeah. you just, I just need to get the break yeah, uh, but bra- I just FC. need to be I just need to be seen or well, you know, to be seen. The powers to be has to see. I think that could be your break. Genuinely, yeah. you know, something like that. If somebody seeing you, all right, I've seen this guy now in Brazil, I've seen this yeah, guy in yeah, Sweden, yeah, Romania, yeah. Finland. Why are we not seeing him here? Why are we not seeing him in Vegas? Well, that's. Well, I've, I'd love to get it, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, yeah, as well as. Get Decky on the show, you dick. <laughs> as <laughs> well as uh, great, great way to go about it, there, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> as, as well as many of the other Irish uh, officials, like you know, I'd like to see not just myself. Obviously, <laughs> I'd like to be there. There's there's, but no, there's no reason that when the likes of Bellator or when the likes of the UFC come here on this island, that they aren't using an exclusively Irish team. Team, team. Full stop yeah. because the talent's team. there, the ability's yeah. there. Yeah. yeah, they have a ready-made team too. Um, yeah. for refereeing for yeah exactly for as I say officiating for announcing for commentating it's, mm-hmm. it's there. obviously we know they have their own UFC Europe team yeah which in my opinion is probably one of the better um, commentary gigs but you have Dan Hardy and uh, John Gooden's a beast John Gooden's yeah. done much much better yeah. didn't like him at the start much better no I, I, I really like him I think he's I think he's very very good and hearing about and what gave me sort of confidence in, in what I'm doing um I heard an interview with him about his process, mm. and it wasn't dissimilar to mine about right. preparation. So that, like, that also made me yeah. think, well, fuck, if somebody like that's doing something He's relatively doing similar, similar to what I'm doing, mm-hmm. like that's standing me in good stead. But I like, um, I really like listening to. John I like them and Dan. Now, yeah, I think they've really got a great good. dynamic. They've got a good partnership as well. Dan's a brilliant guy too. Right. He's 
absolutely fantastic mm. commentator. And people don't realise John trains as well himself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah Team Crossface. Yeah. That's where Sam Patterson trains. Uh, do you remember Dave Lee fought in the UFC? Oh, yeah. He's the head coach yeah. down there. Uh, Reese Stoker, mm-hmm. uh, Martin Hudson, some really mm-hmm. good guys. So yeah. Really good gem, really good mm-hmm. guys. But again, it speaks to the, the talent that's floating about. It's knocking around the United yeah. Kingdom in general, really. Yeah. Mm. But as I say, like it's just it's just getting the break. It's just yeah. you know get noticed, and then you just get that opportunity. And mm-hmm. I think if I if I did get that one opportunity, I think that would be mm-hmm. be me set up then. You know, yeah. really. Mm. Uh, but as I say, it's just getting the break. Mm-hmm. It's just getting that. Whenever to you be do noticed. get it, I'm gonna play that soundbite over and over again and pretend that it was my. You you saying uh, yeah, get on it, Danny, you dick? Dana, I didn't call you a dick. No, all all here, heal our overlord, Dana, Dana yeah. White. But uh, but no, everything's uh, everything's looking good, then, man. Well, hopefully. Um, yeah, well, as I say, like I just hopefully we'll, we'll get it out and mm-hmm. hopefully somebody notices and they give me the give me the call and. You'll see me at USC Dublin, hopefully. That'll be class. As well as Reese McKee as well. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh. Awesome. It has to happen, doesn't it? I, th- I think it happens eventually. I, th- I think it happens eventually. Well, Reese says if he doesn't make USC this year, it's a failure. Really? So he is. That speaks to his mentality, and, doesn't it? Yeah, and I do and what, I think, I, what I think you're going to see on the 16th of May in Belfast is going to be. I think that's his. He's going to go out and make a statement and yeah, that fight. Like a praying mantis. Yeah. Mandolin, yeah. Does, he, yeah. does he have yeah. an opponent yet? Not, 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 not announced. Which worries me. Because are what they are they hiding? Are they yeah, going to just bring in so many... Oh, sorry, this guy's just been released from the UFC. Yeah. You wouldn't really know him. That's, well, that's, 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 like that's, that. that's what yeah. I think is going to happen. Yeah. That it's going to be, it's going to be a... Well, I think like he's a, a veteran, Like a former yeah. UFC veteran. Or, as you say, they could... They could pull a, a 180 and re-sign Ross Houston well, for that Ross fight. Houston would have been the guy I picked and we talked about that before. Well, he, I, I, to be honest, I think Houston didn't want it. Really? And that, that was his clause to get out. Mm. He's mm. campaigning here for an MVP fight in Bellator. Um, I don't think that's a good He's, move. He says they're on a, they're on a, a bidding war with one uh, PFL and Bellator. Bellator. I don't think UFC's mentioned, but I don't think he's... I thought it was very strange that... I think... Why did, why did was you, very why strange. Did, if he fought Reese mm. and beat Reese. Surely that's what I'm saying to UFC. Of course mm. it would be. Same or as Reese. Reese yeah. beat, yeah. beat him. Reese is saying. Yeah, poor Bellator. Why, why did he leave? So yeah. What I can see happening is mm. like a, a veteran fighter, like a, a former UFC mm-hmm. fighter or something coming in for that fight. Do you remember like Paddy Pimblett had? Juicy uh, J, what was his name? Uh, Julian Arosa. Yeah. Like he had with Julian Arosa. I think mm-hmm. it could be something like that. Yeah. Which, uh, if, it's, if it's a named fighter, it'd be a great yeah. or great coup. Paddy moving up. Pimpets uh, matched on. Is he matched yeah. on Manchester card? Is it uh, right? Liverpool card? Yeah, because that would be uh, a right. party. Oh, would be a seen it. it was only released this morning. Mm. He'd have so to move up, obviously, but that would be a, an absolutely brilliant fight. Or mm. or a, a guy moving again, somebody else moving up from right yeah, there to take him on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or a small middle weight moving down. Moving down. Yeah. But a, a big name would be Kraken for Reese. Yeah, and I have no doubt in my mind that he will. 16th of May, he will. Somebody's going to get. Smashed. Yeah, I'm a ticket and all bought for it already. I must get my ticket. I keep saying. I have, a, I, have a box, but the haves and the have nots. I, I hope I'm within. I hope I'm within. I hope I'm within throwing distance of your box. That didn't sound right at all. I hope I'm within throwing distance of your box. Fuck this. This is not good, has it? It's the Mile High Club in a plane. Throwing distance of Daggy's box. What the fuck? 
stop fucking flirting and we'll bring this home. Um, anybody, before we go, anybody you want to give a wee shout out to, any uh, you want to direct anyone to your social media so they can give you a wee like and a follow? Yeah, um, you know, just um, if you want to follow Instagram, is uh, Declan Larkin MMA and Deck Larkin, or no, sorry, Deck Larkin MMA on Instagram and Deck Larkin doesn't even run on his own doesn't, doesn't even run his own Instagram. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm ter- superstar. He is. <laughs> terrible with social media. So I get Don to do it. Don Don's better at filters and pictures and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Take the wrinkles out of my face. <laughs> <laughs> Makes you look all right. That's that pro she does work for you, by the way, as well. Yeah. Oh, no, exactly. Mm-hmm. She doesn't yeah. pay for that, but no, wash uh, the dishes or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'll so do the dishes and I put a post up. <laughs> so we'll find you on Instagram and Facebook. So everybody, get logged on that. Search uh, Dick Larkin uh, on the search bar on Instagram and Facebook to keep up to date with uh, all your travels and. You'll never know. You maybe see me in UFC. Really? Hopefully, fingers yeah. crossed. Mm-hmm. We're st- we're starting the movement. Hashtag Deggy for UFC. Deggy for UFC. Yeah. Hashtag Dublin. get him on the show. Danny, you dick. <laughs> <laughs> Please guys, don't actually do that. <laughs> guys, it's been an absolute pleasure, Jam. <coughs> uh, so. No, we've been talking about this, getting you back, getting you on the show for a long, long period of time. Such a seminal figure in, in Irish martial arts in general. Um, big figure in the cage obviously over all the shows that we Phil and I discuss every show that we're at you're on you're, you're obviously officiating on it so we're more than happy to have you on share some of your experience some of your stories with us and also people who listen so I'm sure yeah. we're going to be more than interested too yeah happy days so. Andy where can people find us on, the, on so- the socials on the socials have you ever heard of that Dickie, as a term on the so like talking about social on the media. socials means right. on the drink is it not you go for a, oh, there you go. Go for a, a, a few socials. Ah, a few Sociable. Socials, oh, sociables. <laughs> this is definitely a thing. So where can people find us on said socials? On Andy? the socials, you can find us at Not Another Fightcast on Instagram and also Not Another Fightcast on Facebook. Where can they find you, Phil? Uh, on Instagram, you can find me at PC underscore commentary. Very much like Deggy, it's all sort of MMA orientated. Um, keeping up to date with my travels and uh, if you want to know my opinion on stuff, you'll find it there. Excellent. Uh, you can find me uh, at the uh, underscore icon seventy seven on Instagram. As I said before, it's mainly just boxing stuff and pictures of my wee dog. So if you're anybody <laughs> remotely interested in that, <laughs> that's pretty much what it is. So Phil, leaves us nothing more than to thank Decky for coming on the show. Um, excellent chat. Really, really enjoyed it. Also, guys and girls and children of all ages, please do go and listen to some of our back catalogue if you haven't listened to the show before and you're a new listener welcome um, thank you very much for taking time out of your day to listen go back listen to Johnny give Adam Stewart a listen we have a back catalogue with guys like Andy Young who we've discussed today we've got Adam Stewart fantastic we've got one of Northern Ireland's premier professional wrestlers Mr Damien Corvin as well so guys go back give the show a like a listen and subscribe and share and if you do have five extra minutes please go to iTunes and give us a little bit of a review if you think we're dicks tell us we're dicks if you do like us but please leave us a five star review Uh, Leaves nothing left to say but peace, love and Batman.